Welcome to the Allegory of Spots podcast series. Thank you for joining. In each episode, we introduce a new spot. We talk about how spots hinder our progression mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and how to overcome any spot that may be holding you back. As you begin to move and apply the things you learn, you will start to see weaknesses become strengths. You will begin to see and feel greater light come into your life. I'm Stephen, and thanks for joining this episode of Spots. Let's start this episode with a few questions. Can truth be 99% and still be true? Now, you may be thinking, well, that's pretty darn close. Is a big lie worse than a little lie? Does it really matter what size it is? A lie is a lie. Now, as you can tell from the questions, this episode is about lying. We should stop to think if, have I ever told a lie? A little one? We're a big one. Now that you've had a moment to ponder, I'll ask the question again. Does it really matter what size it is? Well, the answer is yes. A lie is a lie. If I were to end this episode right now, I would have captured the essence of this spot. Any lie in any shape, form, or size is wrong. With any lie, the more we do, the easier it is to grow the lie and even add to it. Each lie ever told is like a stepping stone towards even greater lies. Not telling the truth becomes so distorted in one's heart and mind, a person can no longer remember what story they had told anyone. One becomes a prisoner to the lies one has used. Lying creates a false or misleading impression. Don't lie. Just don't do it. There's a story in the Old Testament about a remarkable young shepherd boy who was favored of God, who walked in his ways, was blessed in every way, and eventually grew into a king. You'd be right if you were also thinking that I was referring to King David. What we can take away from David's story, and hopefully learn for ourselves, is the fact that each lie ever told leads to even greater lies. It is truly one of the saddest stories in all of Scripture. Reading David's story causes one to reflect what could have been, if only he would not have allowed pride to numb his consciousness. Because of his decisions, David was never able to participate in the building of the temple. When finally he admitted his horrific sins, he then began the long path of repentance. He spent the rest of his days in repentance, as his soul was poured out in psalms of praise and in pleading for forgiveness and peace so he could carry on. Every day was his own living hell that he had made for himself. David left the holy ground he once walked upon, a path he had once walked full of obedience to God and honoring his covenants toward God. Instead, David went out and committed a sort of spiritual suicide that haunted him all the days of his life. Such a tragedy. In the Book of Mormon, in 2 Nephi chapter 9, it reads, verse 28, Oh, the cunning plan of the evil one! Oh, the vainness, the frailties, and the foolishness of men! When they are learned, they think they are wise, and they hearken not unto the counsels of God, for they set it aside, supposing that they know themselves. Wherefore, their wisdom's foolishness, and it profiteth them not, and they shall perish. But to be learned is good if they hearken unto the counsels of God. If for one moment we think that we alone are in charge, or that somehow we're capable of controlling our outcomes, When we break or go against any of God's commandments, 
we at that very second are swimming in the delusional waters of the adversary's deliberate plan of deception. We need to realize the purpose of his plan, that the very conception and execution of all he does is to bring us down to his level and lose everything, just like he did. He uses every cunning device, every type of disguise, in all the many varieties and forms, with an endless array of enticing disguises. Take the story of Pinocchio when he's attracted to the excitement and flashy lights of the Tuscan village town, Kalodi, the mirage of freedom for all, which was found in the little town where all the other lost boys ended up. Now, this next part is going to apply to some a little bit more than it applies to others. It's a bit of an analogy. Here it goes. If you could right now turn to your left and then turn back to your right and look around and see this growing wall of bricks as they increase in numbers that are being erected all around you, this boundless wall that would ultimately cause us to lose all our freedoms that we once had, a wall that's actually eroding your freedom, would that cause you to be more urgent in your efforts? As the walls get taller, your ability to see outside of them begins to be obscured more and more till you cannot see anymore at all. This is what lying does to us. That's what sin does to us. If we choose not to recognize truth and live by truth. These spots that we've been referring to in the podcast series obscure everything around us. Oh, how great the power of the atonement is. What a miracle. It's cleansing power if man will but repent and call upon the holy name of Jesus Christ with all your heart, might, mind, and soul. You can be forgiven and made clean by his sacrifice. That's what it's all about. Removing your spots through Jesus Christ and removing this wall that's being erected around you. For this very purpose, he came to the earth. For this very purpose, he gave his life. We should never forget this. We should never neglect this opportunity, ever, which is his gift to us. But rather, we should, as with all the gifts one receives in one's lifetime, show our appreciation continually by properly and even gratefully using it. Otherwise, we'll become a victim, trapped in our own sins forever, lost in eternity, and unable to return to our heavenly home to live in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Why is it that we deny ourselves so often this eternal free gift? In 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, it reads, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This is continuing on in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Because lying brings upon us darkness, this next section speaks of how to remove this darkness and bring light back into your lives. John made a declaration that God is light. Perfect light cannot hold any darkness at all, ever. Any spot or brick which represents any sin that we commit in our lives takes away the light which is given to each of us as Heavenly Father's children. Sin is like a dimmer switch within each of us. When we're born, we're filled with God's perfect light. There is no darkness. But as our life progresses, we move from our innocent state, where the light of Christ infuses our very being, to a dimmer light as we give way to sin. This is where we begin to lose the divine light that was each of ours by right of our divine heritage. As we let any sin into our life, it begins to take away from the light we had. As our actions squeeze his light from within us and squeeze it out, 
and the shadow of sin begins to envelop us. When we claim we're disciples of Christ, yet we don't try to live up to His standards and the commitments we've made to Him by covenant, and profess ourselves as His, we are lying to ourselves. We're lying to others, and most seriously, to God. God is light, and one cannot enter into His holy presence with any degree of darkness within one's soul. The quest of entering into God's presence would be impossible for man, save it be for the glorious miracle of the atonement. Pride is the enemy within us when we refuse to see our own faults and the truth of our actions and of others. It's a momentary fix to hide from our sins and try to deceive ourselves and others. For until we own and confess the reality of our every thought and action and sincerely humble ourselves before God and men and repent, we will wear the stains of our sins that might be invisible to the naked eye, but to God they are ever before Him in truth and their true light. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 to 10, it reads, But if we walk in light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. If we're doing something that's sinful, and we try saying that it's not a sin, something that God has clearly spelled out to be a sin, are we saying God is a liar? Can God lie? Well, the answer to that is absolutely not. There can only be one of us that can be lying, and obviously, it'll never be our Creator. Or our God. God's laws are eternal and binding. Only the proud will ignorantly attempt to deny the truth and to change it. So I'll end by asking the questions that I asked at the very beginning once again for you to think about. Can truth be 99% and still be true? Is a big lie worse than a little lie? And the answer is a lie is a lie. We hope that you've heard the Spirit or felt the Spirit of God urging you to cleanse your life as you've listened to the various spots in the podcast series. There are a few easy steps to remove the spots from your life. The process isn't hard, and once mastered, you will use the process over and over again, going deeper into your soul to be clean and spotless. The first step is to start by making a comprehensive list of all the things in your life you need to get rid of, repent of, or be healed from. You will know your list is complete when you feel you have included all the items that come to mind. The next or second step is to take an inventory of what you're feeding your spirit, because what you feed your spirit is what feeds your flesh. Your body will follow your spirit, so feed your spirit what you want to become. Third, you've identified the spots. Now let's get rid of them or cast them off. Here's how you do that. Present your list to God through prayer. Ask Him for help. As you pray, ask God to remove your spots, to literally take them from you. Remember, it gets easier. You may have heard this teaching by David O. McKay in one of the previous episodes. Your weakest point will be the point at which Satan tries to tempt you and will try to win you. And if you've made it weak before you have undertaken to serve the Lord, he will add to that weakness. Resist him and you will gain in strength. He will tempt you in another point, 
Resist him and he becomes weaker and you become stronger. Ask God to remove and offload all your burdens, stresses, and concerns. Stop trying to carry them alone. They weren't meant for you to carry. It'll only bring you continued suffering, poor health, and distress to carry them. The last or fourth step. Once you've finished steps one to three, start the process again. Only this time, you're going to travel a little deeper into your soul, searching out even the smallest of spots you might have overlooked or not even recognized. Ask God to reveal them. He has a way of bringing them to the surface so that you'll see them. This is truly a personal experience with you and God as He helps you in the cleansing process. And finally, continue these steps until you've completely cleansed yourself of any and all spots. Then move forward by using the atonement of Jesus Christ each and every day to keep yourself unspotted.